You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. The time is exactly 8.01 on this beautiful morning in July here in Chicago. Our phone number, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holyman Cathedral, and co-host, Mark Teresi. Mark, how are you doing this morning? Very good, very good. How was your weekend? It was good. Thank you for asking one short, short, short story. Mm -hmm. So we were able, after two months, to hold our little granddaughter. Oh, congratulations. Eleanor Joy. We had the mask. We washed our hands. And our little five-year-old Lydia is sitting next to me as I'm holding her and said, you know what? She's realizing that you're her grandpa. <laughs> I thought, how cute how is cute. it? Coming from the mouth of a five-year-old, with her, for, which would have been her two-month-old sister. sister. So she's letting me know that she's realizing I'm the grandpa. That must have brought a tear to your eyes. It sure did. Wow. It sure did. It's amazing. and uh, So everything in the world is good. Yeah, you know. It, in uh, spite of what we're dealing with. Here's the thing. I know the numbers are creeping back up again. And it, uh, so I think what's, is what a lot of people have said to me, if there was an end date, Labor Day, October 15th, an end date that's all over, mm. you wait for the date and it's over. But this just has a finish line that just keeps getting pushed out further and further and we don't know what it is. So right. there's trust in God, and God is with us, and uh, God will see us through. But um, you know, here's the thing. When people said to me, I can't wait for this to be over, my response is, this is the reality right now. Do the best you can each day as a gift from God. This is how it is now. And so you can't wait till like, when this is all over, I'll get going with my life. No. Uh-oh. Our life is what it is right now. And God gives, has given us today. And also hopefully it will change us and especially this first half-hour topic, the number 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. We're dealing with um, well, representatives from the Nonviolence Works discuss the principles and practices of nonviolence as a skill to help reduce violence in Chicago. Our guests are Philip Bradley, the president of Nonviolence Works, Dr. Alfredi Weedham, vice president, and Larry Campbell, the treasurer. Philip Alfredi and Larry, welcome to the program this morning. Good morning. You're you're all backed by popular demand. Good morning, Father. Oh, thank, thank you, you for inviting us. Good morning, back. Father. And the thing is that uh, I remember how in days past you were here in the studio to talk about this uh, important topic, but now social distancing is all done on the uh, with telephone and to the studio here. And uh, is Philip there with us? I'm here with you. Okay, I didn't hear your voice in the beginning. How are you doing, Philip? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Father Greg? Very well, thank you. Maybe, Philip, give us a brief history of Nonviolence Works and Alfrede and Larry. Give us your involvement, how you got involved with it. But, Philip, why don't you uh, kick it off? Well, uh, thank you very much, and good morning. Um, and let me just say, in the spirit of nonviolence, just taking a moment uh, 
but we lost a great icon in John Lewis. Yes. Um, who was a, uh, who've done a lot for it to advance that issue. But let me just say one of the things. By the way, did you, did you ever meet him in person? Yes, I did. I met most of the civil rights guys, uh, Andy Young, uh, John Lewis, uh, Bernard Lafayette, uh, James Foreman. Most of them I met personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, but, he was an icon. But let me just say, yeah, but let me just say I had uh, saw this coming. Let me just say that. I had challenged another organization that I was with to make an adjustment on dealing with nonviolence. So they refused to make the adjustment. So I said, I need to go do it myself. And so as a result, I started doing the groundwork, and Dr. Weedon heard it, and we went and got Larry. And the reason why Larry was important was we wanted the Cardinal to take a position on nonviolence, because the Pope did. And we never have been able to get the Cardinal to do it, to really take a position. Uh, so that's how we actually came into existence. And uh, that would have been about what year, Philip? Uh, this is uh, right when the Cardinal first got here. Uh, he About 2014, 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he came, he came to St. Bride, and we had announced to him at St. Bride that uh, we were going to start doing nonviolent workshops at the churches. And he you know, gave us his blessing, but he never did any other follow-up. Now, what we were going to propose to him, because he was new, uh, that he set up a thing called Truth and Reconciliation. See, nonviolence always requires that you set up a truce, that we have to accept the fact that we're in a reality that we cannot continue. And then how do we reconcile that reality? And so, but you need a spokesperson, a central figure, who have, what I call it, the moral majority, or has or have morals, to even convene such a discussion. And so his, we try to present that his time came, and hopefully he can still do it. But if not, maybe Mayor Lightfoot can do it, because right now we're in a situation in the city where we need to call a truce. The police is at odds with the citizen. The citizen is at odds with the police. And we need to call a truce so we can reconcile. But you have to be able to facilitate that discussion. Because in both communities, there's only a small percentage that got the whole group looking bad. So there's a small percentage of policemen that got the whole police department looking bad. There's a small percentage of of criminals and and African Americans that got the whole black community looking bad. And because of that, we are at odds with each other uh, because we because their code of silence of not pointing them out uh, is is ruining their reputation. And I know in our uh, well, our code of silence and they I know snitch clause is ruining our reputation, and their code of silence is ruining theirs. And so with with violence, you always got to say you saw it. You got to point it out. You can't stop something if you don't see it. That's true. And so, Alfredi, so was... oh, I'm sorry. That's the whole purpose of why we you know. Is to give people the tools. What are the eight steps to nonviolence? What are the eight stages of violence? And how do you really build the resolve uh, to do it in your personal life and also do it as a social? We can get uh, into those stages a bit later, Mark. Yeah, Alfredi, what about as you look at the legitimate protesters mixed in with the violence that we see? How, how do you explain that to people? Well, uh, thank you, um, Mark, but. It's very uh, complicated because we're so visual and we, we look at the images that the media presents us mm-hmm. and most of us are not there. So it becomes very confusing. Uh, clearly, most of the protesters are out doing 
and, and demonstrators are out doing the work of uh, putting attention on this urgent cause that has been simmering in our society for a very long time. So there are some people who, within the crowd who don't know how to do a peaceful protest, mm-hmm. and hence they, uh, they become, as it were, agitators. They, they use their anger, their impatience, and to that it ultimately works against the cause of change of reforming our society. You know, Freddie, I, re- I really like your love your comment, Alfredi, about um, that with the protesting regarding the media. What's the media going to cover? They they are showing rocks being thrown, fires being set, that very visual aspect versus people who are uh, protesting peacefully, which is the majority of them by far. But then it's the uh, minority, violent people who are ruined for the protesters who are there for the right reason. That's right. They're there for the right reason. And, and thankfully, especially young people are stepping up. For, so we can actually look at the crowd and say, well, this is a new generation. They've learned something. They may not have acted until now because they needed some impetus that, that they could no longer avoid, right? But but they've been learning uh, in the last number mm-hmm. of years wow. that that this is the the cause of the day. This is central to building a society that we can all live in. Larry, when yesterday my wife and I were watching um, the procession, John Lewis's body over the bridge, uh, that same bridge, and he was escorted by a group of um, troopers, whatever that years ago are the ones that caused him physical harm. What were your feelings when you saw that? Well, you know, one of the things of the training that we do, Philip always shows a film. And certainly, um, you know, seeing the actual what happened during that bloody day and and seeing peaceful people getting just beaten up brutally uh, makes all of our stomachs turn. Mm -hmm. And, And I thought it was symbolic that he went over the bridge, you know, for the last time on his journey home. Um, so I, I, I think it was very encouraging by all the people from all uh, aspects of life, uh, absolutely commemorating uh, what Mr. Lewis did and, and how he tried to make a difference, and he did make a difference. Yes. Alfredo, you're on, you on the faculty of Lyle University. You deal with young people. I'm sure when you were teaching in the spring, you were doing a, a Zoom teaching but when you talk to young people in this particular area, um, what are they saying to you? What are their questions to you? Young people are much more aware of these kinds of issues. Now, I teach sociology. So when you come into a sociology course, social problems and the issues of the day uh, are, are central to the, to, the, to the task at hand. So... So they are already primed, as it were, to think about, well, what is going on in the world that we have to fix, that we have to address? So I have that advantage. You can't do that in a mm-hmm. biology course or an English <laughs> course, right? <laughs> Good point. Uh, so so uh, but many of my students are already primed, as I said, to be thinking about things that they can get involved in. And many Loyola students, given the the nature of the Jesuit education, are already committed to social change, are already committed to social justice. 
It's a matter of how do they do it? How, what do they do? It's a good thing to go to work at a food pantry, but that's not going to change the culture of violence mm-hmm. in our society. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I've been able to do is to invite Philip to come to my classes and talk about how to, how to become a nonviolent person. And that's a very often transformative experience for these young people, but no one has spoken to them so directly about that. Which Philip will do. You know, now, let me share a story. It's a very sad story. It happened to me a week ago Saturday. I was walking near the cathedral by uh, Wabash and Chicago Avenue. And there were four police officers getting on bikes on the corner of Chicago and Wabash, right in front of Chick-fil-A. So I'm walking by, I go up to the police officers and say, God bless you, my prayers are with you, we have to all be in this together. A young black person, I'd say roughly 20, who was not part of the conversation, and I'm talking to the officers and said, God bless you and do the best you can. I hate to say this, he comes up to the officers and says, or to me says, F them. And I'm not going to say the word on the air. He said, F them. The officer said, have a good day. I said, God bless you. He walked into Chick-fil-A. And I thought to myself, how sad. So I think, you know, going back to what you're saying, I hear more about this for a second. I'll fill up. Is that, that they, we need a truce. I love that word. We need a truce. Say more about that. Well, again, that story, that story, that story I just shared, folks, yeah. I'm not making it up. I wish it never happened. Uh, there was no altercation because he walked into the Chick-fil-A, but I thought, to say that, and the tensions are running so high, the anger, and like you say, we, we have to have a truce. Yes, and that's where you have to start. Uh, one of the things, that's the, and it's the same nonviolent position that uh, Mandela uh, did when he became president. He knew that the history of South Africa was of such that it'll be a thousand years trying to resolve things through a uh, court process of victim villain syndrome. So he declared a truce and reconciliation for the whole country uh, so that people can acknowledge the wrong, point out the wrong, confess the wrong, but also forgive people for doing wrong because all, because none of us is above being in that syndrome. And so that's what we have to do now. Uh, we now have the citizen is the victim and the villain. The police is the victim and the villain. Uh, the citizen is the victim and the villain. And so we have to stop this thing. Uh, and it has to be a public discussion. Uh, now, now Philip, we're going to go to break. I'm going to have Mark take us to break. But when I come back, is, when we come back, who can call that truce? Mark, take it away. WNDZ 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago. Our telephone number is 312-255-8408. We will be back in a few minutes to continue this really seriously future-oriented, how-do-we-heal discussion with our representatives from Nonviolence Works. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass is a wonderful tradition that gathers more than 300 seniors from Chicago and its suburbs each year for a celebration of faith and friendship. Since public health guidelines do not allow us to meet in person this summer, the 2020 Senior Unity Mass will be held online on Thursday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Anyone age 55 plus is cordially invited. Find your nearest computer and log in to youtube.com, then type Catholic Chicago. We and our special guests are excited to stay connected to all of the seniors we care so very much about with this special event. That's the Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass on August 6th at 11 a.m. on youtube.com slash catholicchicago. We hope to see you there. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. We're back, WNDC 750 AM on your dial, telephone number 312-255-8408, Catholic Chicago. We're here with representatives of Nonviolence Works. Phil, who calls the truce? Are you with us here, Philip? Phil, are you there? Yes, the truce can come from multiple places, uh, and thank God for that. Well, the first... uh, institution that could call it is the church. Uh, the church should have that authority, and uh, that's why we was looking at Cardinal Supich. The second group that can call this a truce is the government. Uh, that's what, they, like, even the president superintendent, this will be a great position for him to take, uh, since he's new to the city, 
let's call a truce. Uh, not, we don't need more cops. We need a truce, and we need to reconcile uh, my internal organization and the external community. Even in business, what the business can call a truce. And obviously, violence is bad for business. What business person can call this truce? Uh, it's a mental issue. Uh, the, the health department needs us to call a truce. Okay? We cannot keep up with this violence at this rate. Someone needs to call a truce. This, uh, a mother who has just lost a child, she needs to take a stand and let's call a truce. Okay, let's, I'm not after anything. Let's call a truce. School teachers, the Board of Education needs to call a truce. It can come from anyone who has who take that position. Fa- uh, Father John Phelps, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's out of Detroit. He's working um, to educate uh, young people who who otherwise would not get a good high school education toward college. He's worked in a national program, and he, had, just in a recent conversation with me, said something very telling. He said, you know, Jesus Christ is the example of someone who accepted violence in his life but never responded in violence. So how how, how do we position that to folks? Oh, well, very well, and thank you for that, uh, uh, the history of nonviolence is just that. Jesus Christ is the architect. He's the designer of it. Uh, he ushered in forgiveness as the platform by which reconciliation takes place. Without forgiveness, you cannot reconcile with yourself or another. And he brought this science into existence that did not exist, and that language that did not exist. But, but he also gave the steps. Uh, he gave us exactly the protocol you have to have to be nonviolent. People will revile you. People will say all men against you falsely. But on my account, be glad. Don't lose countenance. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. John Lewis. The civil rights movement was yeah. built on. Now, the civil rights movement and the nonviolent direct action was built on the Sermon on the Mound. They took the Sermon on the Mound, and how do I apply that in my life? How do I do what Jesus said? And that's what nonviolence is. Love your enemy. And your enemy not just is an external person of a foreigner or, or someone from another country. Your enemy could be people right around you. Next door. What if, your, what if your son is your enemy? What if your wife is your enemy? What if your daughter is your enemy? Well, you have to love your enemy. Now, one, it is interesting, though. One of the images that I saw of John Lewis, which I really loved, was he was dancing. He was at a party, and he was dancing, and he showed all kinds of joy in that moment. Um, Alfreda, dealing with these issues every day, where do you find your joy? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for bringing up uh, something that uh, hopefully uh, we will be able to spread, because uh, we cannot um, continue to, you know, to be in sackcloth and ashes mm-hmm. uh, about this, right? Well, I find joy in relationships, mainly with friends and with family, even from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, I fi- and I find joy just in uh, being able to give, as Father said in the beginning, uh, we're thankful for another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find joy in the little things, the small progress that we can make, because you can't chew down, you know, you can't swallow a whole big bulk of things at once. You have to make a step one day at a time, constantly going forward, and never give up. Never give up. And I, that I couldn't agree with you more. I always tell people, God is with us. 
never give up, don't quit. Larry, maybe the same question for you. Not only are we dealing with this attention in our country, in our world, but now with COVID-19, you have that whole layer which is so real, which causes stress unto itself. Where are you finding the joy these days? Because I don't know about you, but when I've, I've talked to Mark before and others, this summer has not felt like summer. Oh, it is summer by way of calendar. It's 95 degrees. It's raining or it's very hot out. I get that with the humidity. But summer in terms of what we do, getting together, that sense. So where are you finding your joy with all that's going on right now? Well, you know, Father Greg, that we certainly uh, are buffered by four or five major problems. Uh, one one by itself would be enough to put stress on all of us. Mm-hmm. But right now, we just have multiple things. Yeah, yeah I try to, to every day, similar to Alfredi, um, my joy is from relationships, from family, from faith. And just the um, thing that you wake up every day and you're going not let things get you down. You're going to try to be positive and optimistic. And as Elfrey mentioned, so, so did Phil, that, you know, we try every day. doesn't mean we succeed every day, but we try. And every day we do make some progress, um, and we, we have to take joy in knowing that uh, the world is better because of all of our efforts. And, and if we do that, then and, of course, I think the other thing, too, is, is to say, you know, we need to give some of this dress up to God and and take it off us and put it up on God's level. Um, and I think prayer is certainly an also a tremendous aspect of, of all our lives. And I think there's no question you're all hitting on it very well. And I always tell people, God is with us. So we do it on our own, we're in trouble. We need to bring this to God. And the Lord says through Jesus, I'll never leave you orphans. I am with you. But I think people are forgetting that and they're taking things in their own hands and, um, you know, Philip, you were saying many wonderful things earlier. Now, you know, Philip, with the work you're doing, it must sadden your heart with what, all you, what you are about to see people who are doing the exact opposite and trying to take things in their own hands. How do you respond to all that? Well, um, actually, even in uh, it, all things work for good who love God and call upon his purpose. Mm-hmm. So even in this, there's some good in it. Um, one of the things that is happening, we are all being ushered into the 21st century. Uh, we did not make that choice. The circumstances making that choice, the conditions, we would not have chosen this. Uh, we have to become a better people because of this. But the thing is, it's good in what we see. There's more activation in what we see. There's people waking up. Uh, that wasn't uh, pre-corona. And so we have to find the good, and there is a lot of good. But it would still take education, uh, people being trained. All those things still have to be put in place, but they're still good within what we see. Uh, We are evolving. We are speeding up. uh, We are growing up. Uh, And what nonviolence has is a way to push the envelope so that you can see the worst side of ourselves to choose the good. And that's what it does. It, It it makes it obvious that violence is obsolete. Violence has ran its course. Violence is no longer a necessary evil. It's unnecessary and it's evil. If it's coming from the citizen, if it's coming from the state, it's unnecessary and it's evil. Now, and so uh, we have to, no, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, other than each yeah. other than each other, who do we look to for that kind of an example? Who do you look to? Well, I look to Jesus Christ. That's I tell people, uh, mayors come and go, presidents come and go. Jesus ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and the whole system, okay, see, put your stock in Jesus, or he's going everywhere. <laughs> he, 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 I like he, that. He's the reason why we're here. He's the reason why we have a government. And if you can't see him that way, you can't see him. And you get, and that's the thing. We have to be witnesses for him. Can we witness him? Which yeah. gives you the courage to be a witness for your fellow man, to be the witness to develop a beloved community, because we have to follow some instructions. And and, you know, the thing is, what I'm noticing, you know, we can be talking about this violence all day, but all of us have also witnessed acts of kindness. Oh, beautiful. And I think acts. we can't lose that sight. You know, we've all witnessed tremendous heroism every day. First of all, the first responders with the whole COVID-19, but also people who are trying to bring about peace and justice. Right. It's so easy to talk about the negative side, but there's right. a lot of joy in the terms of goodness that has happened. We need to bring it to a close, but just in closing... If people want to learn more about nonviolence works, give us a website they can go to, Philip. Uh, well, they can go to, uh, what, what is it, Larry? Larry, it's nonviolentworks.org. Uh, Correct. No, nonviolentworkschicago.org. So nonviolenceworkschicago.org. Non non right. Is that right, That's correct. Called 312-513-7876. That number once again, Philip. Three one two five one three seven eight seven six. I mean, bring and the program we're for volunteers as we speak. Good. I want to thank in a very special way Philip Bradley, the president of Nonviolence Works, Dr. Alfredi Weedham, vice president of Nonviolence Works, and Larry Campbell, the treasurer. So to Philip, Alfredi, and Larry, thank you for joining us. God bless you. You'll be back on again. This is a very important topic. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ seven fifty AM three one two two five five eight four zero eight. The time is exactly 8.30 in Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz and Mark Teresi, stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. And again, do not touch that dial. 